Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I think we need to basically uh, let the data come out, and then we should interpret it in the most rigorous way possible. But uh, we all hope for the best. Uh, for the benefit of the world. Dr. Dan Baruch is the director of the Center for Virology and Vaccine Research at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. He's also helping develop Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine candidate. Results from its phase three clinical trials are expected soon, possibly even this week. And if all goes well, the country could potentially have a third vaccine authorized for use in a month or two. This is terrific news. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine is just a single dose, and it doesn't have to be stored at a freezing temperature. It could be a game changer for its distribution, eliminating some of the supply chain issues that Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna's vaccines have faced. Floridians caught in the botched COVID-19 vaccine rollout have been writing angry emails to local officials. And now that he's in charge, Biden's not holding back, calling the vaccine rollout program a dismal failure. So where are we now? Well, nearly 20 million doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have been administered in the United States. That's far slower than was promised. Things have sped up over the past several weeks, but if they continue at this pace, it'll be the summer of 2022 before every American adult was vaccinated. Well, today, Dr. Baruch joins me to talk specifically about how Johnson & Johnson's vaccine works and how soon it could possibly reach Americans. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. This particular vaccine... Um, how, how did it come about? I remember hearing that the 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 sequence of the of the virus had been shared. When did you when did it first sort of hit your radar screen, and how did you sort of approach this? So on January tenth of last year uh, was a date that I'll remember for a number of reasons, including the fact that it was the annual Baruch Lab retreat that day. We were discussing all of the work over the past year and the prospects uh, for the next year. And we had a discussion of the fact that there were, at that point in time, a cluster of 41 cases of a mysterious pneumonia in Wuhan, and one person had died. It had been detected already that uh, the virus was a coronavirus, but it was not exactly the same as SARS or MERS. And the sequence was not yet available. Now, never, never in our wildest imagination would we have predicted that it was going to infect nearly 100 million people over the next 12 months. But we nevertheless felt that that a vaccine was likely going to be needed. So we decided that we needed to make a vaccine. And um, that evening, that same evening, on January 10th, 
that's the date that the sequence of the virus was released by the Chinese researchers. And because we had been talking about it as a group that same day, we started working on it immediately. We were able to design uh, electronically sequences based on the spike that we thought would be candidate vaccine antigens. So that on Monday, January 13th, then we basically were ready to go and we started the actual process of synthetic uh, uh, genes and uh, preparing for cloning into plasmids and adenoviral vectors, as well as uh, the early stages of developing the assays that we would need uh, for the vaccine development process. It's it's really you know it's incredible to hear that, uh, Dr. Baruch. I mean, I, I think for a lot of people who have never heard anything about vaccine development before the idea that you would get this genetic sequence on a Friday and by the Monday basically have a pretty good idea of what you what you wanted to focus in on and what the the vaccine was going to look like is that is that normal is that a normal speed of things absolutely not and the subsequent events over the next 12 months also were very different than the normal speed of events so for example for our HIV vaccine program we started that program uh uh more than 15 years ago, and we're currently in phase three trials. The COVID vaccine program, based on the same technology, we started one year ago, and we're about to read out the phase three trials. So after you have your, that, that Monday now, January 13th, you have your, your, your idea of what your, your, your vaccine is going to look like, the sequence that you're sort of zeroing in on, what happens next? Uh, you have a relationship with Johnson & Johnson. Do you contact them? Take us behind the scenes there. What happened? So we have had a very close collaborative relationship with J&J for the last 10 years based on the development of our collaborative HIV vaccine candidate, which is still in trials now. Uh, in 2016, our development of uh, a Zika vaccine candidate. And J&J has subsequently developed the technology, the I-26 platform technology, to an industrial scale through the development of their Ebola vaccine so that the technology was really poised for an outbreak response. Uh, with the Zika vaccine, we showed that a single shot of the Zika vaccine was sufficient to raise neutralizing antibody responses in nearly all individuals and that those neutralizing antibodies were durable for more than a year. So the constellation of the wealth of knowledge of uh, the, the development of the platform for HIV, the demonstration that it was highly immunogenic with a single shot vaccine from the Zika program, and the ability to scale up and deliver at scale without the need for a frozen cold chain from the Ebola program, all of those features factored into our interest in evaluating the I-26 vaccine platform for COVID-19. The phase three data that we're expecting to see very soon is the results of the single shot vaccine. Uh, we're also doing a phase three study with J&J &J that is a two shot version of the vaccine, which will, will uh, uh, raise higher antibody responses. We know that from the phase one, two data. But if a single shot vaccine is safe and highly protective, then a single shot vaccine would have tremendous practical and logistic benefits. 
That's incredible. And and the way that it works, my understanding is that there is a data monitoring safety board that will essentially unblind the data and find out were there in fact significantly more uh, symptomatic infections that occurred in the placebo group versus the vaccinated group. That's what you're looking for. Is that right? That's correct. You, we, we, we've seen the phase one, two data. Um, and some of that was published earlier this month, and it showed an immune response that lasted at least 71 days. Now, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, it's at least 71 days uh, because that's when the final data went into the paper. But we are still monitoring those same individuals. And so uh, we will generate uh, three, six, nine, 12-month durability data, uh, even potentially two-year durability data uh, from those studies. mRNA vaccines is something uh, people have become familiar with now, a messenger RNA vaccine. You're talking about an adenovirus uh, platform here. Please explain, like, what what does that mean exactly? What is an adenovirus platform? So an adenovirus is a common cold virus. What we've done is we have deactivated the common cold virus. Basically, we've taken out the replication machinery, so the virus is inactivated. It can't replicate and it can't cause disease. So the role of the common cold virus essentially is to be a Trojan horse, to deliver the COVID-19 spike protein DNA into cells. Common cold viruses are very, very good at doing one thing, which is getting into cells. Once it's in cells, the protein can be made and the body makes an immune response to it. And we know that the adenovirus vaccine vectors uh, are safe and are highly immunogenic in humans for many different diseases, including now for COVID-19 also. So, so is, is, I mean, p- people are going to ask, I mean, my parents would ask, is, is one better than the other? Which, which one would you recommend and, and why? Well, I think we have to wait to see what the safety and efficacy data are for the AD26 vaccine, which we will know soon. So I think that uh, there will be many different factors uh, in terms of safety, efficacy, and then other unknown factors such as durability and also deployability and availability. The more vaccines that are available, the better. Because right now we are in an era of vaccine scarcity. There's simply not enough vaccines to vaccinate the entire population, either of the country or of the world. So Johnson & Johnson is testing both a single-shot model as well as, as a two-shot, uh, separated by eight weeks. When you add in the, the boost, is the boost giving you greater protection or longer protection or, or both? What, what would be the real advantage of doing two shots separated by two months versus one? So it is possible that a two-shot version of the vaccine will give a higher level, of, higher level of protection and for a longer period of time. But we don't know that for sure yet, and we will only know that when we see the results of the two-shot study, which won't come for a number of months afterwards. Is there any way that one takes the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and they get sick, that they actually get sick from the vaccine itself in terms of becoming infected, or that the DNA that's inside that adenovirus, the DNA vaccine, can somehow do something to our, our own DNA, to alter it in some way? No, there's no, uh, there's no evidence that uh, the DNA 
uh, of the the AD26 vaccine. Uh, there's no evidence of it integrating into host chromosomes or other uh, safety issues. Also, because it's a genetic vaccine, because it's a vaccine that starts from just the sequence of the spike protein and it doesn't start from the whole virus, there is no chance at all that the AD26 space vaccine could cause COVID-19 infection. So let's say the data look good and the, the FDA, uh, they meet uh, and an emergency use authorization is granted. We already know that the CDC advisory committee, uh, ACIP, has already scheduled a meeting. H- how soon, how quickly could the process sort of transpire after that? If there is an authorization that's granted by the FDA, how quickly could the vaccines actually start getting into people's arms? Well, there would be the review process at the FDA and their committee meetings. So the earliest time, the earliest possible time that this vaccine could be rolled out to uh, for use would then be uh, end of February. And and J and J is a is a big company. Most people have heard of Johnson and Johnson. I mean, how many? What kind of production, what kind of capabilities do they have? I mean, there's obviously, as you point out, a huge demand for vaccines. How big a step could this be if this all plays out? So if this vaccine proves to be safe and effective, it could have major implications uh, for the vaccine rollout because J&J has committed to producing and deploying at least a billion doses of vaccine during this calendar year including at least 100 million doses for the U.S. population. I believe there's even an option for the U.S. government to purchase more if they want to. And if it's a single-dose vaccine, then a billion vaccine doses would translate into a billion people vaccinated. So, I mean, is this an anxious time for you? I mean, is it sort of sitting on pins and needles? How are you you feeling about things? Well, I think there will be... A lot of clarity potentially next week if we see uh, the efficacy results. Uh, And the efficacy results will be in the United States, in Brazil, and South Africa. And so it'll give us insights not only into whether or not this vaccine candidate is effective, but it'll also give us insights into uh, whether or not uh, the variants that are circulating in South Africa might be a problem for vaccines. So for both those reasons, I think that these data are going to be important for the field. I'm optimistic that um, if we can have not just two vaccines, but potentially three to five vaccines rolled out, then we we can get a substantial fraction of the population vaccinated during this calendar year. And as long as there's no variants that lead to a problem for vaccines, uh, then then I think that there is a reasonable chance that life will start to get back to normal uh, in the latter half of this calendar year. You um, decided to pursue this this sort of part of your life. Um, instead of doing music, my understanding is, you, you, you at one point thought about being a, a musician. I have to say, for one, I'm glad you, you made that choice, although I do love music as well. Have you been able to still keep up with your music? I mean, just in your time when you're not relentlessly focused on the vaccine. What is what has life been like for you? I play violin with my daughters every morning. That's really sweet. That's amazing. We play violin in the morning before before they have to go to school. Well, um, 
Doc, I, I, I really uh, appreciate your time. I've learned a lot. I hope to keep in touch. And I hope that uh, some of these uh, hopes, projections uh, come true. Thank you very much. We'll update you when Johnson & Johnson's Phase three clinical trial results come out. So be sure to check this feed. Hopefully, we'll get some good news. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.